Hi, this is Rob Kohansky, your host of Local First Podcast, connecting local businesses to your community. New episodes drop every Thursday at 3 p.m. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app to make sure you do not miss an episode. I'd like to just take a moment to recognize our sponsor. Does your business software make less or more work for you? Think possibilities, think exacta. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Rob Kohansky, your host of Local First Podcast, connecting local businesses to your community. New episodes drop every Thursday at 3 p.m. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app to make sure you do not miss an episode. I'd like to just take a moment to recognize our sponsor. Does your business software make less or more work for you? Think possibilities, think exacta. Enjoy the show. Rhonda, how are you doing today? Oh, I am good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you for taking the time out to... uh, the Unlocal First podcast. You are very interesting. I'm, I'm glad to get to know you. And we have some really cool stuff to cover today. We do. I do. I'm excited about this um, and also a little bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, you know, we'll get through it. And I'm counting on you to actually help me guide you through this process. So, so before we get into the nuts and bolts of what you do at uh, Women's Financial Wellness Center, uh, give the listeners a little bit of background of who you are and how you got into what you do today. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I obviously, you know, I guess love talking about divorce. Um, <laughs> that's odd. That's odd. Like, right there, you got me. <laughs> you know, I mean, I had um, I had a guy. I'm on my kid's school board. I had one of the guys on there say, "Rhonda, I listened to one of your podcasts, and I got to be honest, you actually made me like think about getting divorced, and I'm happily married. Like, you make it sound so great." Um, and I was like, <laughs> "That's a compliment." Um, yeah. So, anyways, I you know I started my business in 2014. And the intention was really to create a place for women that would address their unique concerns and questions. And um, it was it was after being in the financial industry for over 12 years. And I saw women coming through my doors that were, you know, contemplating or going through divorce and they were frustrated. And it's like, Rhonda, my attorney's not calling me back. I'm spending all this money. I've never handled the finances. Can you help me? And so um, in 2014, I did a couple focus groups and one of them was actually at my friend's house. She had lost her spouse. And so it was her and a bunch of our friends that were going through divorce. I picked their brain. A boatload of Kleenex later, I left there. I was driving home. I'm like, I know what I'm going to do. We're going to create some level of education, workshops, retreats, coaching for women that are in this spot. And so that was really where the vision was born. And I remember probably in the mid 2000s where the West Dallas for the local folks um, women's pavilion was being built. And I remember reading the article thinking, Oh my gosh, they've got something for women through all these phases of life. Why isn't there something like that from a financial perspective? And I've always been a thought leader and always been like, you know, not the person who fits in the box and likes to have a vision and, and impact people's lives. And so I decided in 2014 to leave the financial industry and open up the Women's Financial Wellness Center. And I, you know, I, all I brought with me, all this small town girl brought with her was a vision. I couldn't bring any of my, you know, 
I couldn't bring anything with me. I had to like leave everything behind and start over. And I remember the first two weeks sitting in my office thinking, oh my gosh, like where are the people? (laughs) 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 But I had some really, I was able to get off to a solid start and um, was on Fox 6 News and um, the Morning Blend and and had had some really great exposure locally here in Milwaukee uh, within the first year. We had over 300 women that came through our doors the first year. And I was really excited about being able to impact women. And what I found was that um, I really was gravitating toward the women that had gone through divorce because a couple of reasons. One, I could relate to them emotionally on what they were feeling because a lot of stuff in my childhood, I'm like, oh, I I know what it feels like to feel alone. I know what it feels like to feel disappointed. I know what it feels like to be in an unhealthy environment, right? But then I also could relate to... um, you know, just the wanting to empower them financially as well. And so I was, I was gravitating toward that group of people. I had women that had been divorced for 10, 20 years. And they're like, where were you when I was going through my divorce? I wish I had an advocate. I wish I had somebody who could help me navigate through the financial stuff. So that's really how I got started and was able to um, tap into my background in the financial industry, teaching in higher education. I taught at WCTC for 10 years Um, and develop a model that was really unique. And since then have gone on to get some additional credentials. I'm a certified divorce financial analyst, which is a fancy term for, um, I can look at the numbers, analyze them. um, And I could even be, if they wanted me to, an expert witness in the courtroom, which is scary and exciting all at the same time. So (laughs) tell me me how how did that make you feel when you made that transition from the financial services industry to going, I have a vision and I'm just going to jump in and go for it. I mean, what did, what did you feel when you, I mean, what did you feel like when you jumped into all that? Alone. Alone. And sad. I mean, I, I would, was with this group of people for 12 years and, you know, loved what I was doing. loved being a financial advisor and doing marketing and business development and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, alone, I guess. I mean, I didn't have anybody that came with me per se. And, um, you know, some of the people even that I was working with were like, yeah, I think like, I don't get how this girl's going to like make any money because she's not going to be selling financial products. Like we think she's kind of like gone off the rails, but good luck. (laughs) (laughs) And here here you are six years later. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. That is cool. So what are some of the challenges that, you know, women go through when it comes to, you know, going through divorce, whether it's beginning, during, or after, you know, that entire situation. And either you've been through a divorce or you know someone has gone through. I've been divorced. Parents have been divorced. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. And at the time I had gone through this, it was like I told you my story. It's just kind of like... I was just like, I just wanted to cut ties. I wanted to be done with it. I didn't really care. And, you know, but that was my situation at the time. And I I want the listeners to know is like, you know, what are, you know, what are some of the challenges and maybe point out some of the things that you've learned from that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the first thing that I see is just an overall, like, um, I'm going to call it assumptions. Like women are so good at um, having hope and believing that their soon-to-be ex-spouse has their best interest in mind. And I'm not saying that they don't, but 
when we assume, we know what that means, right? It makes an ass out of you and me. And so we don't want, I don't want women to just assume that it's going to be amicable. I don't want them to assume that, you know, all the, I always say, let's just get the facts. Let's find out the facts. And women make like stellar decisions when they have all of the information and when they have the facts. The problem with the process is if we don't know what questions to ask, we're not going to get the right answers. If we don't know what questions to ask, we're not going to get the right answers, right? So, um, so I think women get overwhelmed. I think that they um, assume that everything's going to be amicable. And they sometimes allow their emotions, which the emotions are, are valid, but sometimes they let the emotions run the process instead of taking a step back and allowing themselves to look at the, the data and the information and then make a decision. Um, so, you know, and I think a lot of times, and again, certainly there are women that are handling the finances and paying the bills and have a really clear picture of what's going on financially, but a lot of times they don't. And so I see that as being a disadvantage. However, it's an opportunity for them to step up to the plate and gain the knowledge and the experience that they need to make good financial decisions. Um, so like, for example, I'm working with a client right now who's Husband is um, a very influential, a lot of the women I work with, their husbands are pretty influential, right? And the women are too in their own respect, but, you know, he makes seven figures worth of income. Um, she's been a stay-at-home mom. They have four kids. And at the end of the day, the reality of it is, Rob, I don't care what anybody says, but the person with the most money in those situations has power. Yeah. And, and he, in this case, is, has been subtly trying to control and manipulate the situation. My job in working with my clients is to help them gather, analyze the information, and then negotiate accordingly. And we're seeing, I'm seeing, better outcomes for the women because they're asking the right questions and they're not assuming, right? Oh, it's going to be amicable. Well, usually what that means is don't ask too many questions is really what that means. Oh, no doubt. So take me through, you know, what a typical divorce might look like and then what you do to make that different. Yeah, so the typical divorce without me being involved would be that um, somebody decides that they're going to file they ask their friends who they should hire for an attorney if they decide they're going to do one. So either they try to do it on their own or they try to hire an attorney. So they'll interview some. They'll pick one. The yellow pages. Or the, yeah, I mean, or these days, right? Like they go yeah. online, they, hey, they've been, you know, they're a top rated attorney. They've been, you know, the super lawyer for the 25th year in a row. Right. Okay. So they hire the attorney and they get started. Well, the attorney, most of them, right? I mean, they do this every day. So they're not looking at it from a, how can I help you navigate through this? It's call me if you need me. I'm here. I'm in control of it and whatever. So a lot of times they're left in the dark. In Wisconsin with the 120-day window, they're just kind of like, okay, what am I doing? Anytime they call, email, text, they are getting billed for that time. Yes. So they're trying to ask questions, but and the questions are valid, but it's like, okay, um, streamlining the process is challenging. Knowing what's going on is challenging. Being proactive is challenging. So all they know is when the next court date is and maybe some things they should be working on, but they don't actually have anybody who's helping them. 
they have their first court date. If, if everything was kosher and great, um, it would be done. Mostly it's not. So they deal with the kids stuff first. They wait on all the financial stuff um, till later on in the case. Um, there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of emails, a lot of misperceptions. They're presented with a property division worksheet, which is here are all the assets and liabilities. How does this look? The bottoms are zero, so we're even. Here's a marital settlement agreement. Review it. Let me know what you think. Sign it, and it's done. My involvement is, um, especially for the people that are contemplating, right, I can help them whenever. If I come in the middle of a movie, I can help. But the ideal situation is I get involved in the very beginning, and I find out what their goals are, what their concerns are. I have a network of attorneys that I have vetted out. So all the questions that they have, I pretty much would know the answer to as far as logistics. How do they bill? What's their experience? How do they communicate? I have personally had experience with that from behind the scenes, right? Um, I don't care if they've been the 20, you know, the super lawyer, the 25th year in a row. If their bedside manner is terrible, they're rude, disrespectful, and they price gouge, I'm not interested is the bottom line. <laughs> Right. So, um, and I want to work with an attorney that's going to respect the value that I bring as a certified divorce financial analyst to the table because I have a lot of value, right? So it's helping interview. So I'm in all the interviews. This morning I did an interview virtually, of course, um, with an attorney and my client. So we're doing setting up interviews. I'm introducing them, part of that conversation. And then after we do the interviews, I debrief with my clients and say, what are you thinking? Like, I've put you in front of two of two excellent attorneys. I know you like them both because you've told me you do. Now let's talk about what's going to, who's going to be the best fit for your specific situation. So then once we do that, they will be working on the kids stuff, but I'm behind the scenes working with my client to get all the financial stuff in order. Why is that important? Because in the early stages of the divorce is when a lot of moving of money happens if it's going to happen. So we want to capture and snapshot those account values, get a lay of the land, take an inventory as soon as we possibly can so that um, it's as accurate as possible. I'm helping them fill out the paperwork. I'm helping them organize all the documents. Um, and I have a process and strategy for all of that. As time goes on and they get that property division worksheet, I'm not just looking at it being, hey, everything evens out at the bottom. I'm looking at, okay, how does this impact you moving forward? What does this look like? Are there ways that we could allocate things differently that are gonna better serve you moving forward? Do you need more cash? Do you need more liquid assets? Do you want to keep the house? Like, what does all of this look like? And then once the marital settlement agreement is drafted, I sit down with my clients and we redline and highlight and make sure that things are buttoned up. I'll give you an example. So we get through the process. We get to the end, the marital settlement agreement. And one of my clients, her husband, uh, worked at GE. And he told the courts, he told his attorney, he told my client's attorney that he did not have a pension. And I said, I don't believe you. So the attorney wrote up in the marital settlement agreement, which was fine. Hey, if they, we ever find a pension, she gets it. The problem with that is this. Yes, that's true. But if he dies before they retire, she gets a big fat goose egg, nothing. Because in order for her to actually have the pension, it needs to be quadrant. It needs to be split by the plan administrator and it actually has to be in her name, okay? So what does that mean? That means that I went back to the attorney and said, listen, I want 
a letter from GE stating that, in fact, there is not a pension in his name. And the attorney's like, Rhonda, listen, I'm telling you, please. So he, he did it. He went back, got the letter. He calls me. He's like, Rhonda, sure shit. Guess what? He's got a pension. I'm like, oh, imagine that. Yeah, a GE. <laughs> now they've stopped him recently. Right. You know, the, but he worked in that time period where he should have had one. And had I not been willing to say, I don't care if you think I'm a pain in the ass right now. I want the letter. We got the letter. There was indeed one. It went to the appropriate people to actually quadro that. What does that mean? It means an extra $700 a month, a month guaranteed in retirement for her at a total of basic math over six figures. Mm. That's huge. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, I don't know what I'm going to uncover. I don't know what I'm going to ask when I get in there, but I've got all this knowledge and people pay me to bring my brain and my strategies and my passion right to the table and to advocate for them. And so that's, you know, that's an ideal scenario. They've got a person, they've got a team, right? The team of people that I believe every woman and man, but every woman, because that's my focus, is they should have an attorney, they should have a therapist, and they should have a financial expert, right, that specializes in helping them through the process. And I can answer, you know, any question. If they wrote an entire list of all the what ifs, like if there's anybody listening that's like contemplating divorce, like, or even in the midst of it, what if, what this, what if this, what if this, what if that, like write a whole list. And if you've got 25 things, right? I can answer all of those, maybe not all at once, maybe not all at one sitting, but I can answer those questions. And if I can't, I've got 40 people in my network, vetted resources on speed dial, right? On my phone that I can call and get answers on. Hey, what, what about this? Well, let's call and find out, right? Let's look at health insurance. Look, look at Cobra versus going into the marketplace. What's going to be the best fit for you? I've got people, right? And so I become the one-stop shop for women that are going through divorce to ask the right questions, to be their support person, um, and to help them, you know, navigate through the financial stuff, not just through the divorce process, but making sure that they're positioned in the best way possible for after the divorce is over. That's, that's really interesting. That's, that's cool. And I, you know, and I appreciate that you're doing that because I think it's, it's, it can be so tough going through this. And if you don't have the right people around you, it can be stressful and it can be a nightmare. And I, I can see that. Um, I, I've seen it so many times. And to, to, to have someone like yourself out there to be able to guide women through this process to make sure that everything is going right for them it takes a lot of stress out for, off of them. Yeah. So during this, during this time, if you listen to this in the future, this is April Fool's Day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking about the forest and you know but it's all good and at the same time uh, almost the entire world is on lockdown what do you think of what can you predict is going to happen i'm putting you on the spot because i'm home with my wife almost every day and she's locked in i'm trying to get her out of the house and there's no sun but unlike me i'm in my studio and getting out and about when I can and getting some fresh air. What would you say we think is going to happen over the next six months? One, we're going to have a baby boom. Two, a lot of people are getting divorced. Yeah. I mean, it could be C both. I don't know. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, so from, from, you know, I've got a pretty good pulse on what's going on. Um, I feel like with the people that I've been talking to and I think that for right now, so I get daily numbers on new filings um, in a five county region. So I, I have the data to see like, okay, well, where are the numbers at? And what we saw normally in a five county region, we'll see about 50 filings a day on average. January, we see a spike. It's usually three times that because everybody waits to get through the holiday and then they file. So January tends to be closer to like 150 filings for the month. Um, I think what we're going to, so now I've seen like 12 and eight filings uh, a day. So it is significantly reduced right now. I think people are afraid to file because they know that there's nowhere that they can really go. And so then they're going to be stuck in the house with their, you know, soon to be ex-spouse. So they're just kind of laying low a little bit from that perspective. Um, However, I do want to say, I mean, the court systems are still open. They're just not doing in-person meetings unless there's an actual emergency. So a safety concern, domestic violence, you know, they will do those in-person meetings. But people can still file now if they want to. And actually the courts are, you know, somewhat quiet. So I suppose it could be a good time. Um, but I think we're going to see an increase in the divorces. I've got a lot of women that have been on the fence and are contemplating. And I think, you know, being in close quarters um, for a period of time, I, I know I was talking to this one gal and she said, you know, she's been contemplating divorce. She hasn't really said anything to her husband yet. But like, you know, you're in each other's space every day that like you end up, ha- she's like, yeah, we had this conversation. We had an argument and I'm like, I'm done. Like, I want a divorce. And she was like, and it just kind of like slipped out. <laughs> I'm like, well, now the cat's out of the bag. Yeah, so now what, great. you know, so, so I think we're going to see an increase. And, and, and I also think that it's really important for people to know that if they're in that spot, like you don't have to file tomorrow. Um, however, there's things that you can be doing to prepare now. Um, I mean, it's tax time and yes, the tax you know, the tax deadlines got pushed back, but you can be organizing your documents, right? Go through your files, right? In the name of like getting organized, you can be doing things subtly that your spouse might not even know, right? Like, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to organize the office. Great. Get all your financial documents in order. Record your passwords. Where are they? Get them in a central spot, whether you use LastPass, a a cloud-based system, or you want to write them down, but record the passwords, you can also set up a PO box. The mail's still running, right? So if you did want to have stuff sent, information or whatever, you could have it diverted to the PO box. Um, and I think the other simple thing that that people can do is set up a separate email address, right? Set up one that they can start communicating um, confidential things that they can mm-hmm. start preparing for, so that when this is lifted, you aren't feeling like you've been in hibernation. You're coming out of a cave. You're actually prepared and you know, and I think it will really serve well. And you know what? I guess worst case scenario or best case scenario, however we want to look at it, um, you know, if you do these things and you end up staying married, oh, well, like, so you've got a separate email address. So you got your stuff organized. Like, it, it's not a bad thing. Right, right. So take me through a story that you you help someone through, say, some, you know, rough times or whatever it was through a divorce and then, you know, tell me a story about like that and how that can relate to the listeners. And then, you know, kind of describe how did that make you feel afterwards? Mm. There's so many good ones, Rob. <laughs> I, I bet they are. I, you know, I'm just kind of opening up that, you know, that 
that that book and you know just pick one out i know it's i know there's got to be one in there that sticks out yeah um so i think the one that that i'm thinking about is actually somebody who came to me that was already in the process um of divorce and she was frustrated she felt like her attorney wasn't necessarily communicating with her um being proactive she she always felt like she didn't know what was going on yeah and um everybody kept saying well you yeah, know this is a fair deal this is a fair deal well what does that actually mean though for somebody who's going through it right so um so I came in kind of, yeah, in the middle of the movie and she sent over all of the documents that they had so far and I met with her right before the quarantine happened and we sat down and we mapped out all the pieces and I said, okay, let me just take a, an opportunity to educate on what's going on, what they're proposing and whatever. So we went through that. She goes, oh my gosh, Rhonda, nobody took the time to actually explain some of the financial stuff to me. They just kept saying, you know, it's, it's fair, it's fine, it's whatever. So that was really the first step. And she left there. I mean, literally when I met this woman for coffee, she was shaking. I mean, like clearly her nerves are shot. Like this, and this is a smart woman who's running a business, um, who's had some really great successes in her business life. Um, and her husband's a high income earner, but it doesn't matter how much money you have. It's still stressful. Yeah. I always say it doesn't matter how many zeros in your bank account. It's not any easier, even though people think it might be. But she didn't know what that meant for her, like what they were even proposing would mean for her. And it creates just as much anxiety as, as any other situation, if not more. So I then, after that, hopped on the call, a call with her attorney, with her permission, and was able to articulate to him, you know, I had, I ran some numbers, I had done her budget. Um, I said, listen, I don't, based on what I'm seeing, here's what we need the maintenance amount to come back at each month. And he was like, really? I'm like, yeah. And you already told us the range. So like, we know the legitimate range we could ask for, and we want to be closer to here than here. (laughs) And I made a case for it. And so he um, drafted up an email to opposing counsel to the other attorney asking for exactly what I had asked for. And um, that felt really awesome. Like really awesome. And my, my client sent me a message and said, Rhonda, I can't even tell you how peaceful I feel knowing that you're part of my team. Um, and I told her, I said, I don't, I want to validate that you weren't being difficult. Your attorney cut me off. Okay. In our conversations. So I'm not surprised he cut you off. Mm-hmm. Um, but we made a good case for it. And now there'll be some lobbying back and forth and still some negotiating. But the fact that she's feeling peaceful and good, I mean, it's, it, that's a win. It, and when you can get the buy-in of the attorneys, um, because you can bring, you know, a level of analysis to the table, it's really satisfying work, Rob. <laughs> that's really cool. That's an awesome story. Thanks. Thanks for sharing with it. I mean, that's really powerful and what you're doing. And it's like, I have to be honest, like I told you this prior to, um, you know, coming on here, I didn't know what to expect. You know, for, for me, you know, you, you, you know, kind of old school is like, you know, kind of divorce is kind of like a taboo type subject. And, you know, you bring it out and you talk to it, but I think that it's a discussion that needs to be had and being, 
knowing that there's people out there like yourself that are out there willing to go the extra mile to help people out or help women out in these situations, which is really, it's really key. And, and I, you know, that is really so, cause I, I appreciate it. Like I said, I'm really, was really curious about this and you opened my eyes up to a lot of, uh, inspiration, inspiration. Um, and I, you know, you're doing it out there. What has you fired up about the future? Oh, <laughs> um, honestly, so, you know, I obviously have been doing this for, you know, some time and just looking at, um, that the impact that I've been able to have over the years has been tremendous, but I also feel like we're at this next stage of growth where, we have built a great brand. We've built a great presence online. Um, I've got my own podcast called Divorce Conversations for Women. So we're reaching women all over the country. And I think for me, the thing that gets me the most excited is I feel a shift happening for me personally, which is I've always been like the um, advocate person. Like I've always, I'm, I love justice and I, I want fairness and all of those kinds of things, even as a kid, right? Like my parents yeah. were like, you know, it wasn't always the most compliant child because I, I just wanted to do things my way. And I always had an opinion. <laughs> Been able to put this to good use, right? Now I'm seeing it with my daughters. So they're, they're uh, you know, karma's back at me. But, um, but I think that level of advocacy, you know, when you're starting something new, you have to test, you have to measure, you want validation that what you're doing is going to make an impact. And I'm now at that point where the shift that's happening is this. I feel like I can be more bold than ever on calling people on their, on their stuff. <laughs> you know, I have enough experience to know, like, that's not sitting real with me, and here's why. Um, and I'm going to be able to use my voice in a more bold way than I have before. I've always had it, but not to the level that I see um, that I'm going to be able to use here in the future. And we're even looking at, you know, possibly a rebrand a little bit to really highlight the fact that I want to disrupt the industry. Okay. I'm sick of the status quo. I'm sick of all the stuff, all the crap that I see behind the scenes that's happening. It's subtle. It's su the stuff that's happening is subtle, but there's still a lot of opportunity for growth, a lot of opportunity for fairness, a lot of opportunity for women to find their voice in these situations and I want to be the person that helps them do that. That's cool. I love it. I love it. What is the one thing that um, if the list, whoever's listening right now would be that call to action to do what they can do right now? Um, the, the thing that they could do right now is um, I would say they could visit my website, womensfinancialwellnesscenter.com. Um, we have a lot of resources on there as far as blog articles, obviously my podcast. So Divorce Conversations for Women is on there. They can also go to iTunes or iHeartRadio and just start getting a sense of like, you know, what I'm all about or what the experts that I'm interviewing are all about. They'll find it inspirational. They'll find it helpful. Um, they'll feel like they're not alone. But then also, you know, certainly I do make myself available to an initial call with people that they can schedule that on my website. Um, and contact me and just let's hop on, hop on a call. And uh, my intention with those is to say, hey, listen, you know, let me, let me get to know you a little bit. Let me share with you, you know, a little bit about who I am and what we're doing and how I might be able to help you. And if at the end of the call, we feel like it's a good fit, great. If not, that's okay. 
um, and we've got plenty of resources, you know, to be able to help them. Um, but yeah, just making myself available to, to actually talk to a live person, right? Like there's all this stuff online. It's overwhelming. Like, That's so cool. And you got so much, you got so much good information out there on, on your website and it, it's really cool. Now I have to ask you this cause I mean, you're talking to people all over the country here and possibly all over the world. Are you working with people that are just local or some people out of state or is, what's that like? Yeah. So I do have clients in other states, okay. um, which is pretty cool. Um, so we've been able to really leverage the virtual platforms to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Cause I have to understand like each state's a little bit different as far as, you know, how they handle divorces and mm-hmm. like in Virginia, you have to be separated for a year before you can file and Illinois has got it. I mean, each situation is different. different. Each state. But, um, but the goal is to be able to build, um, representatives of Women's Financial Wellness Center in other states. So I actually have somebody local that they can talk to and then build these like communities of experts that we vetted that can help them locally as well. Um, I'm part of a couple national organizations that help me connect with experts in other areas. Okay. And um, so I'm excited to be able to, yeah, expand and grow. And that is so I mean, cool. not that there isn't enough business in Milwaukee, let's just be clear. <laughs> yeah, but why not? You know, I, <laughs> but, I, you know, I, love, the, I love the model. It sounds very familiar to me. <laughs> um, so this next segment, we're going to jump into some rapid fire questions. But before I get in, I have two, uh, one question, and then you're going to, I'm going to, you get to ask me any question, any question you want. First, if you were to have dinner with any four people in the world, who would they be and why? Ooh, you are putting me on the spot. <laughs> I, <yes>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. There's, there's intention behind this. Okay. So I think that one of the people would be Kristen Armstrong. Um, she obviously, you know, is a biking celebrity and was married to, you know, her husband, ex-husband. But the reason that I would like to meet with her is because she went through a divorce And I saw a lot of the quotes, a lot of the things that she put out there. She was always really trying to stay positive. Um, One of the quotes that she um, has shared that I have built my community around is um, when you find yourself in a vulnerable spot, the best thing that you can do is to surround yourself with the strongest, finest, most positive people you know. And I believe that that's what we've done at the Women's Financial Wellness Center. And so we've really used that as a foundation. So I would love to have dinner with her. Um, The other person is a woman named Kathleen Kingsbury. And she is actually a money psychologist. I have been on her podcast, but have not had dinner with her. And she is somebody that inspired me to really understand the impact that our mindset has around money and um, how to navigate through that. So when I was in the financial industry, I read a lot of her books and really found her inspiring. And I felt like I felt like I got her, like she got me or however we want to say that. Like, oh my gosh, finally somebody who understands that it's more than just about the money itself, right? Um Let's see, who else? Um, so 
So there is a woman who, um, and I, unfortunately I can't remember her name, (laughs) 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 but I still would like to have dinner with her. She was the woman who wrote or, um, ran the very first, she was the very first female to run a marathon. And she was a guest speaker at um, one of the events here in Milwaukee. And I just find her super inspiring because she, um, yeah, she was able to kind of navigate through all of those pieces and um, yeah. So that's kind of the scoop. So I I only have three of the four. That's okay. I was like, you're you're my test guinea pig on that question. Um, So I might have to take that down to two. All right, so you get to get, ask me any question, um, and I'll do my best to answer it. Ooh, all right. Um, so I guess, you know, related to the topic at hand, right, like if, if there was anything that you could change about your situation and your process, right, having gone through divorce, what would it be? Oh, my God, what would it be? Um, going through, that was so long ago. I think the communication, because I just let go, Rhonda. I was like, when I, um, I was, like you said, find a team, find the right people around you. Um, like I mentioned earlier, it was when we first went to that first time into the courtroom and I saw what the attorneys were doing and milking this out for everything they possibly can. And then realizing that if I just fired my attorney and just tell, communicate with my ex about what she wants and what my wants and expectations out of this and be amicable about it. And, and really for me, it was just about the children, my children and making sure that they were taken care of everything else. I didn't care about. I started, I started over. I started fresh. I gave up everything, took the clothes, the car I had, my motorcycle and I moved into apartment and I gave everything up because I wanted my kids to make sure that they had a home to live in and they had their mom there. Mm-hmm. And just because we didn't, because we were separated and getting divorced, it's not their fault. So, I mean, I think that was really key for it. And I guess looking back at it is, is doing better research and in, in getting the proper team, proper help out, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. 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 I think that, that would be really key to it. All right. So we're going to do some rapid fire questions. I don't All right. ask you here yet, but we'll just go through this and then what we'll do is just, um, you know, take a look at that. Oh, before I do that, I have to do a quick shout out for Exact Corporation for helping me out with this great new studio. It is awesome. We are an innovation center, technology park, a research park here in Wauwatosa. Think possibilities, think exacta. All right, here we go. Talking or texting? Texting. Okay, favorite day of the week? Um, Saturday. What is your super strength? Ooh, um, my passion. Your passion. First celebrity crush. <laughs> Tom Cruise, of course. Tom Cruise. Okay. Hello. Hey, Tom Cruise. Okay. And what movie was that? <laughs> Top Gun. Top Gun. And yes, it's coming out like in June. Top Gun 2. Top so, Gun 2. Yes, I will awesome. be there with like... Tom Cruise. The first, <laughs> movie I, the first movie I saw him in was Risky Business. So that was the first uh, first exposure. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, any last parting words 
advice that you want to give the listeners before we wrap this all up? Uh, well, first of all, I just wanted to tell them, you know, thank you so much for listening to this. I know this isn't always a topic that everybody's like, oh, yay, we get to talk about divorce. But, you know, just know that if you know somebody who's going through divorce, whether it's you or somebody that you know, right, that they don't have to go through it alone. Yeah. And um, I wake up every day looking at who can I help. And um, I'm not afraid of tears, right? So if you call and we chat and you have to cry, do not apologize. I'm used to it. Um, I, I'm not offended by it. I'm probably even more comfortable with the crying than, you know. Um, but I just, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to, to help people. And even though now we're all quarantined, right? I mean, we can still do work virtually and, and help people get prepared. So honored to be able to help women through this process. You're doing great work, Rhonda. Uh, again, I appreciate you. Make sure you check out her website, Women's Financial Wellness Center out there. She's got a lot of great information. Also make sure that you find her online, social media. Facebook, LinkedIn, all that good stuff. Um, if you like what you heard, make sure that you share it with at least your good friend or someone that you do care about. Um, I also, also ask the listeners to carry on the conversation online. Uh, you can find Local First Podcast. All you have to do is just go to your favorite podcast app, search for Local First Podcast. Rhonda, I appreciate you for taking the time again to um, really share what you do and what you're really passionate about. It was really a cool conversation. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks a lot for the invitation. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a good day. Thank you. You too.